0: Spiritual
1: You know, last week I was in Overland Park, Kansas for the annual Unity Convention that takes place every year. And it's an opportunity for you know ministers, spiritual teachers, board members, lay folks to, you know, get a little educated on what's going on in our genre and uh, get a little more educated. Uh, it's an opportunity to uh, connect with people It's an opportunity to go to business meetings and get really enthralled by (laughs) amendments to bylaws. (laughs) But probably the most important thing is just to connect with folks maybe you haven't seen for a while, our clan. And we were talking amongst ourselves and someone reminded us about the time that we had one of our conventions on a cruise ship. And you know, you go on a cruise ship and they had some dinner, and you know, the the, the waiter or the individual would bring around some dessert. And he had this huge, you know, dessert tray. It must have been a hundred desserts on there. And he said, Well, it's time to dessert pick a dessert. And so I looked at, you know, my choices of desserts and and and, and I'm trying to decide which one to take. You know, there was so much. To choose from is like a paradox of choices and I'm sweating and trying to figure out which one of these to get and and I can't figure it out and I'm getting a little stressed out and then somebody said you know this is a cruise ship you can have more than one dessert (laughs) you can have as many desserts as you want and as I thought about that time it reminds me the fact this universe is always abundant it's always unlimited But stuff can be right in front of us, and sometimes we don't acknowledge it. We're not fully aware of it. You know, in the book of Genesis, in the Hebrew Bible, I think the 13th chapter and the 14th verse, and it's about the time that God is speaking to Abram, or also known as Abraham, and there's a whole story behind that. That's a different talk. But Abram was about to be separated from Lot, and one of the messages that was sent to Abram was to lift your eyes from where you look, look northward, southward, eastward, westward, and know that all that you see, you can have. I believe as far as we're concerned, this universe exists as an extension of you and me. You know, just like our whole body exists as an extension of this little finger, and for what I understand, that when we move this little finger, our entire body is involved in some way, shape, or form. In the same way, this entire universe is involved in what we think, is involved in what we say, is involved in what we do. And whatever that may be, the universe kind of has our back, it's backing us up. But sometimes I think if the universe were to speak to us, it might be saying to us, what are you thinking? (laughs) What are you saying? What are you doing? You're limiting your good. I can only do for you what you allow for me to do through you. So why are you living with limitation? Why are you living with sense of separation? Why are you living with fear? Because it's saying to us in so many words, I have so much more for you. In Jeremiah, one of my favorite statements says that, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, which is the great law of life, the law of our being. There are plans for good, to give you hope for a future. In those days when you speak, I will listen. When you find me, when you seek me, if you look for me in earnest. In other words, I think it's saying to us in so many words that you can have more than one dessert. There's a lot of desserts for you to choose from. But often I think we block the good from this grand universe that's seeking to give to us when, 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 there, when there's so much more. Because the God, the universe, never withholds anything from us. If we're not receiving our heart's desire, it has nothing to do with the universe, it has nothing to do with the presence of God, it has everything to do with our belief about life. Because there's an array of desserts that we can have. So how do we open ourselves to all that this universe, this presence, this force, as I like to say, has to offer us? Well, the first thing I think we have to do is simply don't limit it. Don't limit the universe. Don't limit God because the limitation is not in God. It's not in the universe. It's not anywhere outside of us. It's in us. You know, one of my teachers, Eric Butterworth, noted that the whole theory of the universe is directed unerringly to one single individual, namely you. Years ago, a, a gentleman uh, called me, and I, he stays in contact with me because we kind of became friends over the years. But at this time, he was in distress because he called me from jail. He was in, in the Deep South at the time. And uh, he said, Rev, I need your help. You know, I just got married, and I just got caught, you know, driving through the South with, you know, several thousand dollars of illegal substances. You know, this individual was, uh, well, he was a pioneer in the 24-hour pharmacy business, and he was, he was restocking. <laughs> and, and he told me, you know, I've been locked up before, and I want you to pray for me. And I said, well, okay, well, we can do that. And he said, you know, I want you to pray that my wife is okay till I get out. And and it looks like I'm going to do a lot of years, maybe up to 10 years. And I want you to pray that I do easy time. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's a kind of a limited prayer. And for some reason, I blurted out and I said, well, I can't pray that for you. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you know, I can't really pray that kind of prayer for in God's mind, God does not know about your circumstance. God knows freedom. God knows harmony. God knows joy. God knows creativity. God knows all these things. That limitation that you're talking about, it doesn't know anything about. But however, I said, you know, there's a couple things that you can do with me. Because I was kind of new in ministry, and I was just trying to come up with something. And I said, just meet me in consciousness. Just three times a day. I want you to read the 93rd Psalm with me three times a day, you know, just in consciousness, even if we don't talk. And I want you just to give your life over to this presence, to this power, to this life force, and place no limits on it. Place no pictures on it for a while. And just give yourself over to the Spirit that is always unlimited. And he did that, and then from time to time, he would would contact me and and so it came time for him to be uh, arraigned in, in the court. And all of a sudden, his case started falling apart. The prosecutors started losing papers, and things started unraveling for him. And, and by the time he got in front of the judge, the, 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 the prosecuting attorney was stumbling and bumbling and mumbling, and, which is a wonderful thing for a defense attorney to see. <laughs> but he didn't know how to proceed. And the judge had no recourse but to to let him loose. But that's not the end of the story. He walked away liberated. He moved his family to a new location to start anew, and he began his own yoga practice and began to do yoga teaching and and opened up his own yoga school. And he said he realized that all of this time, he could have picked from the unlimited menu of life's offerings. In other words, he could have had a whole bunch of other desserts rather than eat that stuff that he was eating in life. But he had gotten caught up in limiting the universe, limiting God. And as a result, he got tangled up in that particular loop to create a circumstance that he had to pray himself out of. But we don't want to limit God. We don't want to limit what the universe has in store for us by our own limited thinking. Because as that statement goes, it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, which means ever-expanding good, kingdom and expansion. But there's a second point that we need to be aware of that helps, that causes us to limit the largesse of the universe, and that is the misuse of the word I am. You know, I was reminded when I was at the conference, I was talking to uh, the minister who was at uh, Unity Southeast in Kansas City, Missouri. But when I was in school, I, along with a couple other ministers, were like student ministers there because they didn't have anybody ministering there. So we would go back and, and speak and kind of get, you know, our chops together, so to speak. And it was my friend, uh, Jim Lee, and uh, many of you may know him, and, and then uh, Ken Williamson, another person, of friend of mine. We were kind of like the three amigos. We go back to that day. But anyway know, I remember that I was at the, the church one day and, and everything, you know, seemed to be going well. And right after the service, you know, uh, a woman came up to me and caught me in the hallway. And, and from what I knew about her, she was very bright and attractive and, and it came from a loving, supportive family. And as we visited in the lobby, uh, she was, you know, friendly and had a present personality. And I thought, well, if anybody would be happy, it would be her. But what I realized... It was just the opposite of what I thought her life was like, at least what she was going through. And she began to describe how she wasn't fulfilled in life and that she was lonely and she perceived her co-workers as being more talented than her. And she would start saying things that, you know, I'm not attractive, I'm unlucky, I'm a slow learner, I feel always exhausted. And after a few minutes of hearing and listening to her, I sensed the thing that may have been holding her back. It was her use of the words "I am." You know, if we look up that those that phrase in the from the Hebrew derivation of the word, "I am" means it came to pass. And because it means that it means that we need to guard our language. We need to guard what comes out of our mouth. You know, there's a statement that says in the Bible, "It's not what goes into your mouth that is important; it was what comes out of your mouth that is so key." So oftentimes, I was mentioning earlier, I started to say something on the platform, and and you know, I think said something, you know, I think somebody, uh, and I was thinking about saying, uh, "Oh yeah, we, we we're, we're, there's a method to our madness." And then I just say it; it just kind of came. To, you know, but oftentimes we say things like that, but we don't want to have stuff like that coming out of our mouth. You know, I don't want to go around saying things like. Oh, I'm losing my mind. The universe stands up, you know, (laughs) takes notice of those sort of things. So when we say things like, Oh, I'm sickly. or I say, Oh, I'm limited. Oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, I'm weak. Those are not just idle words. By the very definition of the word, you're saying, Oh, I command that I have some sort of illness. I command that it come to pass. And once we release the words of I am out of our mouth, we are releasing the power of the great I am to attach to those words. They may be good. They may be bad. But they eventually, when we say them over and over again with energy, they begin to come to pass. Now, understand, because we got to realize that our words, they have no sense of humor. They don't care. Like I said, if I start losing my mind or saying I'm losing my mind, my mind starts going in all different directions. That's why when I say that, I reach out, try to grab it, put it back in my mouth. (laughs) They don't know we're joking. Our words are on assignment to bring to pass whatever we say. So they will either limit the largest of the universe or expand the possibilities that can show up in our life. And there's a third thing that we want to be aware of that sometimes limits the universe working for us. And that is chronic complaining. <laughs> you know, there was a group of people and many of them felt continuously, you know, ongoingly depressed for long periods of time, I think in in, in therapy they call it clinical depression and Many were afflicted with something more problematic than ordinary pressures of life that we all have, or even some chemical imbalance. Many of them were victims of their own resentful thoughts, victims of their own complaining, chronic way of thinking, thinking against, that something's against them or something's not for them. But I've come to the realization that sometimes when we engage in that kind of language, what we're saying in so many words, in a code, we're saying to ourselves, I can't see God. But understand, we're here to be models of affirmation. We're here to be models of positive declaration, affirming and declaring only the positive qualities of spirit. We're here to declare life. We're here to declare wisdom and joy. We're here to declare love and abundance and peace. And when we do that, any complaining consciousness ceases to exist, so our life is in alignment with the dreams of our heart and what spirit has in store for us. Because in truth, yes, we know that God is everywhere, and even when it's not visible to us in appearance, it's there, supporting us, ready for us, many people and I'm not talking about anyone here, but you know some people that, you know, that are complain without ceasing. You know, some people say pray without ceasing. Some people complain without ceasing. And if you know such people, just forward them a copy of this sermon or this version. You know, just this, you know, hopefully you can send it anonymously. It doesn't have to come from you. You know, just, just kind of send it to you. You know, it might, you know, wake something up. But understand there are some people that if they did not have something to complain about, they would be silent. There would not a word come out of their mouth. Because what they're doing is they're replaying in their minds grievances of the past. They're replaying in their minds what people have done to them. They're replaying in their minds what people have said about them. They're replaying in their minds what people may have done to them. Now, they may be saying, I thought they did it. I'm not sure they did, but somebody told me they were saying something about me. They're replaying those things in their minds but what they're doing is really just rehearsing and declaring negative outcomes in life because somewhere along the line, they may think that those grievances are somewhere in the past and they're talking about the past. But we know in truth that which is passing through our awareness right now is never in the past. It's being activated right now. So that which we're holding on as a grievance and not letting go We're constantly rehearsing or regurgitating or replaying. Is causing our future experience to happen starting now. So we realize that those complaints and those grievances, they sometimes become a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're saying, this is your future. They're saying, I'm declaring my future. And that experience is not one of loving God has in store for us but what we want to do is get in alignment with this presence that is always for us. We want to get in alignment so we can have those tasty desserts in our life. That's what spirit has in store for us. It has in store for that of our planet as well. And we must recognize the value then of lowly listening. That's where we become silent. That's where we become still, so we can begin to hear the voice of spirit We begin to get in tune with that vibration, that truth, that song of the universe and declare that that song regularly is showing up in our life and we want to bring it into our awareness hour after hour. Because when we do, we declare that is the truth about us. That's why he says, I know the truth about you, to bring you an expected end. You know, we want to bring that into our life right here and right now. I believe that this universe that's known by so many names, you call it God, you can call it the force, the divine. You know, we want to call it forth as the activity of our life. But this presence holds the answer to any so-called problems that we think we have. Because with that awareness, we realize that the challenges that we face in our lives or on this planet can be solved with a shift in our consciousness. There's more than enough food to feed people. There's more than enough technology on the planet to heal the planet. There's more than enough of of everything so that what is necessary, we use that to bring a society that's in communion, that's in creativity. But we're looking here for a shift in our willingness to be more of who and what we are so that new creation can happen. You know, as I thought about that, I thought about the, the time there was a, a beggar outside a very magnificent office building. And there used to be a guy who worked there, and he'd come out for lunch almost every day, and he'd see him there. And he'd have a hat there and to, to, to collect, you know, money from people that walked by. And every day he would call, walk by and he would, you know, drop something in the hat, and he did this pretty regularly when he was there. And one day he came down and he saw the guy, he didn't have one hat, he had two hats. And so he was a little confused at, for the moment, but he decided that, well, okay, I'll put some money in both hats. So he put some money in one hat and took out some more money, put some money in another hat. He started walking away, but he was so baffled by this, he decided to go back to the guy and ask him why he had two hats. So he went back to the guy and said, well, why you... Suddenly just have two hats. After all this time you had one hat. And the guy said, well, I decided to open up a branch office. (laughs) He started getting twice the amount of money. But just having a shift in his own awareness opened up more possibilities for him. But this is why we pray. We pray not to change necessarily the surface tensions in our life but to dive deep and see that all is well. And then all is well begins to rise up and something new begins to break forth in our life. Right now, our world is calling for something new. It's calling for a new perspective. Our world is calling for a new energy. Our world is calling for a new way of solving problems in our society. The universe is waiting for us to have that shift in consciousness, a shift in values, so that this God, that all that God is, all that the universe can be expressed through and as us. As I say, the spirit of living God, the universe, can only do for us what we allow it to do through us. In the meantime, the world is calling for something new. There is something new that has to emerge, that is begging to emerge. This is something new directly tied to having that radical change in our own minds, breaking free of the shackles of limitation so that we, you know, what we say we believe in and our actions are matching up. Sometimes in life we say, you know, God is all that there is and everywhere present, but sometimes we don't act like it. We say that God is our source and our supply, but we don't always act like it sometimes. We say God is my everything, but often we don't act like it. But when our belief is matched with our action, magnificent stuff begins to happen. We may call it a miracle. And as we grow up in that, as we mature in that, we become spiritual leaders in our own right. And when we become those leaders in our own right, magnifying, expressing, radiating those qualities and living them out, oh, the politicians will follow. They'll say it's their idea. That's how they do. You know, when something good is happening, oh, that's my idea. They probably had nothing to do with it. Um, But they'll take our lead because we are allowing the universe, the spirit of God to have its way with us. It is the first and final word. It is an array of good waiting for us to simply claim it, make it our life. You know, sometimes people ask, what does God want? What does the universe want with my life? What does it want to be known as? And I think it's a very simple answer. God wants to be known and revealed through and as us. So that our life is a testimony to its power. Our life is a testimony to its presence. Our life is a testimony to its love and the glory of this grand universe that we live in. And that, my friends, sums up the universe and you. And that's what it's all about. Peace and blessings to you.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center